Welcome to the Talking Recruitment Podcast from the REC. Every week we look at all the latest insights, perspectives and experiences from across our diverse recruitment industry. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. My name's Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. We've got a fantastic guest for you today in just a few minutes. But before we do that, uh, I just want to update you with uh, one or two bits of news from the REC. Hopefully many of you joined us at our digital conference at the end of June. Uh, the uh, content from that will be being made available to members over the next few weeks. So do look out for that on the campaigning side. Clearly, we had a good result recently with the retention of digital right to work checks through to the end of August. We're not going to rest, though. But we, we know that we've proved that digital right to work is effective and we want to keep it. Uh, but the other big theme at the moment, if you look at all of our surveys, is shortages whether that's driving or IT or hospitality, we know clients are really uh, struggling. Um, that's been a big focus of our campaigns team in terms of engaging with DFT on driving, engaging with the Department for Education on skills and talking to the Home Office about the bits of this that need to be fixed by that new immigration system that we've got control over in Whitehall and Westminster. So lots of activity there from the campaigns team and at the same time obviously uh, in sectors like healthcare and education making sure we're really investing in the sustainability of the public procurement frameworks that REC members uh, work in a really good uh, meeting uh, early in the month just last week actually on uh, the, with NHS employers and a similar uh, discussion going on with Department for Education in England and uh, education authorities in Wales about upcoming changes to the education framework. So your, your REC campaigns team right on the front foot at the moment. And if you want to know anything about that, just get in touch with me at neil at rec.uk.com and I can link you up with the team that's working hard for you on that. Now let's uh, turn to our guest for today, and I'm delighted to be able to welcome Amanda Simpson from SVC Solutions to the pod. Amanda, thank you for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. So this started out as a conversation between you and me about the lessons we'd learned over our career in terms of recovering from recessions like the one we've had last year and how things move on. But why don't you start off just by introducing yourself to our listeners a little bit and the story of your business? Yes, thank you. Yes, I started in recruitment, it was a long time ago, but 30 years ago, but I started SBC in 1999. So we've been around for 22 years. So during that time, businesses has grown into a consultative recruitment, but we also offer training, HR and human resources and health and safety. So it's become a lot more holistic in our approach with recruitment, say, over the years. So when you talk about recessions, I've seen a few in, in that time <laughs> over the years. So, yeah, we very much is about adapting and um, moving forward. That's an interesting place to take it because I think that recession recovery cycle that we all talk about is really really important and there's a bit of a mindset thing to it as well isn't there if we think about where we all were last year in terms of running our businesses very heavy on the cost control investing in client relations even when clients weren't necessarily placing orders 
there's a whole mindset shift when you get into this recovery phase. What do you think is important in terms of, you know, your own experience in your business in terms of flipping from that business survival to business growth mindset? Yes, it's really been interesting for me in that time spell, you know, the, over the 22 years, because the first time I experienced it, I was very naive and I, I'll be very honest. And, and you do feel a sort of sense of panic, I guess, but you learn to very much protect and survive. And, and that's the most important thing. And you protect your cash flow, you protect the jobs, protect the people around you. So I think it is mindset. It's absolutely mindset. And it's trying to remain positive when the world around you is feeding negativity, i.e. through the news, etc. And you've got to look at reality. You've, you've got to be real. At the same time, I think it's very important to talk. One of the worst things that you can do is just sit and worry uh, because it gets you nowhere. But talking to like-minded people and protecting your clients, your existing clients, even when they are struggling and remembering you're not alone. And I think over the years, as I've experienced the peaks and troughs of, of business this time round with, with COVID, it has been exceptionally different in lots and lots of ways. But you can take your lessons that you've learned previously and apply them and I think this time around there's been a lot of lessons learned for a lot of people in business certainly for me I've actually can say that a lot of the times it's been a good experience because it's made me a better business person it's made me a better leader and I think lots of people can say that but I always look at the positive (laughs) there's something there isn't there which is about the importance of relationships as you go through tough times. And, you know, one of the things that I'm very aware of in the REC's membership is not only the kind of the rooms and or rather the virtual rooms where we were bringing people together and the level of interaction across the industry being much higher than I'd ever seen it before last year. But there was also, you know, a real sense of that, yeah, that exactly that human connection, you know, last spring, our team were basically calling members just to see how they were. And yes. and in many cases, you, know, you were talking to people who had been sitting in the office or at home thinking through some pretty tough dis- discussions. And that that interaction is really important. And it's really important in two ways. One's giving people space to think and discuss the challenges they're facing right then. But there's also that optimism point that you make, Amanda. There's also something about how does my focus need to change as we come out of this? What do you think is most important now? You know, if we've been through that protect and survive stage and the market's come back really strongly, all our data shows that, all the anecdote from members shows that, how do you pivot into that growing market now? What's important in your mind? I think for me, it's certainly, and talking with with a lot of our clients and listening, listening to each other and really experiencing what other people are going through, but it's adapting. It's adapt, adapt, adapt. And what our customers are looking for, whether somebody's looking for a job or whether it's a client looking for staff, is consultative. People that can offer them a consultancy service, give their opinion, give their expertise and advice. And I think that 
that is very important right now. It's not a case of just filling jobs and it's more of a case of getting the right talents, the right skill sets, the right fit with businesses. There's companies are a little bit nervous right now and rightly so because we've all gone into that protection mode and now we're coming out the other side and we're seeing the economy you know everything getting stronger the jobs market is certainly strong at the moment so we we need to sort of stay very realistic and communicate and talk to each other and investigate what a client needs and what a candidate needs because the whole world of work has changed our priorities have changed the way we run our businesses has changed and the way we work has changed. So it's, for me, I find it quite exciting because I think the opportunity for us to be stronger and better than we were is out there and it's adapting. It's, it's adapting and communicating. So two things I'll take away from that, Amanda. One is regular listeners of the pod will have heard me say this before. You know, one of the big things is don't ask how do I get back to solving my clients problems that I that they had before this work out what their problems are now because their business will have changed and and the closer you can get to the solution making of that rather than just the delivery of service the more potential for high value added you have coming to that consultative selling piece the other bit that I thought was really interested uh, interesting for me is you through candidates into that box as well and i don't think three or four months ago many of us would have because we had that kind of classic understanding of a of a recession where we thought well candidate supply will be loose for a little while and Mm. and actually of course it's tightened really quickly it has yeah surprisingly so and i think there's companies who are feeling nervous to recruit so you've got the temporary market which can be a really good way of looking and searching for that talent but it's also very important to understand that from a candidate's point of view they now have spent maybe 18 months at home furlough or they they have sadly lost their job so their priorities have changed so it's very important to get it right and get the match right and the skill sets right so I think the consultative approach is so critical right now and actually having conversations with your clients and what is most important for them what is most important for a candidate because working from home now this is where the the human resources side comes in where you can give the the right support and advice which I think is paramount going forward now I really do I don't it will never in my opinion go back to where where it was I think it's changed permanently and I I think it can be a good thing for everybody. Yeah, I think, look, this is a conversation I often have with folk about post-Brexit immigration, for instance. And I would love to have an immigration system that more easily met some of the shortages that we that we face right now. Drivers, for example, aligned with proper investment in skills. But the truth is, to quote the former Prime Minister, Brexit means Brexit. And part of the government's justification for Brexit was to increase worker power in certain sectors uh, because they felt that they wanted to see wages rise in in parts of the economy. So that taken together with demographic changes and so forth means that we live in a, a world where not only are candidates 
not where they were last March in terms of even geographically where they were. Lots of people have moved away from mm-hmm. where they were. They're not where they were in terms of the kind of effort bargain they want to have with an employer and the arrangements for working. And clients' needs have changed too. So there's a whole new problem-solving kind of paradigm here that I think you're thinking about being the consultant that brings that together is really powerful. And of course, it's really helpful as well because it demonstrates what we do as an industry, which absolutely isn't the stuff that can be easily automated. I think investment in good recruitment technology is going to be absolutely necessary for firms in the sector going forward, but it's not going to be sufficient to win in this market because it's going to be your people that win it, which is probably the third bit of that triangle, isn't it? Your own staff. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and it's thinking, you know, minimum wage, we've got to look at that. You know, we've got to look at employers have got to look at that. You you want the skills. So you've got to invest in your people, not just financially, but also from a skill set point of view, you know, looking at their career development, for example, people want to feel safe at the moment. They want to feel safe and they want to feel secure. We've had a lot of insecurity in the market. So I think if clients can look at the way in which they are recruiting and speak with the right people and not rush through it and take their time and think about what do I need before I put that advert out there, before I speak to anybody, what do I really need? What are my values for the business? What What's our goals? What's our why? What do we want to achieve from it? And that's where the consultative approach comes in because knowing that as a recruiter knowing what the client's why is and what what's important to them what their end goal is makes all the difference when you're speaking with a candidate because they they will understand at interview stage they will understand the impact that they can have on the business and I think that's really important for candidates right now they want to feel that they're part of it Yeah, absolutely. Purpose matters in so so many ways. And I think that piece around how do you do this well, it Mm -hmm. occupies loads of my time. And if you go back to our big campaign for this year around recruitment for recovery, that's all about, yes, of course, it's about saying to government, look at the scale of this industry. You need to work with us because we've got loads of the solutions you're looking for on things like leveling up and skills and so forth. But it's actually also about saying to the client side, there is massive upside potential to getting recruitment right. And at the moment, chief execs are telling us that talent is their uh, second most important issue after the quality of their products. And I would argue that the quality of the product might well be defined by the long term Mm. talent strategy as well. But equally, too many firms are price-driven procurement, buying their hiring services like they like they buy their paper clips. And to step that up, I, I think it does require that much more careful professional services approach, which my view is, generally speaking, we as a sector, as recruiters, will do better than Tom, Dick or Harry, the management consultant. Yes. They, they get in to help them with it because we've got the really practical experience of what it's like on the ground. Yes, absolutely. I just feel quite passionate about it at the moment. It's quite an exciting time, I think, for recruitment industry. I really do. I, I think I know we've got the skill shortages out there and the construction industry struggling with skills at the moment, but you get it right and you you offer, you become more sort of transparent with your recruitment and a lot more focused and and 
talking to the right people who've got the experience and the talent and the knowledge to guide to guide you and that's what makes my job so nice you know it's not about putting bums on seats it, it is about talking and getting it right from the offset because you know we are talking about people's careers here and we're talking about people's livelihoods and everything has done a topsy-turvy with the pandemic and it's it's you know made people nervous and rightly so but I think that that's going I can feel that going I think people are starting to adapt and 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 certainly take a different approach to it which is brilliant and you can't work on hundreds of jobs at the same time because you wouldn't be delivering the service that the clients or the candidates desire so or or need to fulfill really but you can sit and take your time and have these consultative conversations that are so critical to our marketplace and gives us pride as well you know we we're in recruitment because we're very proud of what we do and we want to get it right and we want to help and see businesses grow and I've had quite a few clients recently who've really struggled through this pandemic and just because they're struggling doesn't mean you neglect them it that's the time when you step in and you help out and that's the time when you listen and and you give the your opinion and the best advice that you can and be supportive and we help each other through and I think we've done a lot of that it's been really encouraging actually to see see people changing the world of work and that's what what we've got to do I think that's really telling. And I, I'm going to hone in on that last thing you said about the time you lean into clients might be when they're not using you as much. Because yes. I, I think a lot of this, both between us and the candidate and between us and the client, is about not just that consultative approach, but the level of trust that you need in the relationship. Because yeah. taking it back a few steps to you can't hire at this price, you're going to have to move away from national minimum wage. This is the going rate. This is what I could get you at this price point and so forth. Those consultants who've built up that trust and that consultative professionalism mm. are the ones where the client will say, you wouldn't string me a line. I'll take your advice, rather mm. than thinking that there was some inflationary push going on there from our side. So I think that piece around trust is really important. Mm to us being able to make a difference and of course ultimately to narrow down the scope of your work. I mean I'm interested in you mentioned kind of contingency I definitely am getting a lot more REC members saying they're picking and choosing their work now than yes. I did at any time before the pandemic. Yeah it's really important because you cannot be all to all people you know you you've got to be honest and you've and it is trust because it's not yeah, going to those clients who, who are struggling right now, they might not be struggling in, in 12 months' time, but they will remember that you were there for them and they will remember that you helped them. And also, with the effort that you're putting in, don't forget about them when you've made that placement or you've put that temporary worker with them. It is about the relationship going forward. It's long-term and it's being there for them through the whole process, which I'm very passionate about and why I started SVC in the first place, if I'm honest, you know, being in recruitment for a very long time, I I wanted 
it's such a personal thing. It's not a product, it's a service and it's people. That's what we do. So it's very delicate at times and it's it's getting it right from the offset and all the way through. The clients for life, not just for Christmas, as I said. <laughs> and, well, quite so. And I think there's there's something in that in terms of where we take our, our businesses from here. Before I let you go, Amanda, I just want to ask you about one thing. You said at the top of the, our chat that SVP, you sort of broadened the base out from recruitment to a range of services you're offering to clients. And I think part of the that consultative nature and that uh, that specialist nature that recruitment firms can build up leads you down a path of being able to do things for clients more broadly than just bringing people into the business, especially if you're servicing smaller businesses that might not have the capacity themselves. So tell me a little bit about how you got into doing that and how it works alongside the recruitment that you're doing. Yeah, well, the reason it came about was when I initially started the business, it was purely recruitment and because that was my background, that was my passion. Um, but as as my business grew, I needed I needed great HR advice and I needed health and safety advice and I needed training. So I basically surrounded myself with experts and I'm very proud to say all these years later they're still with with me. So we got people through their CIPD, we got people chartered in health and safety, we got people trained I became a business coach actually myself because I was very passionate about it and we we became an ILM centre which is Institute of Leadership and Management Centre and so what what we are able to do is going and have the whole holistic conversation about people and it may be that a client is sitting there thinking oh I need to recruit I need to recruit but after after a conversation you're you're actually looking at staff retention, not bringing new people in. You're looking at why is their staff, their retention not as where it should be. So you're offering that expertise all along. And for us, it's very hard to market all four of those things. We found that over the 22 years. But it's really nice for clients to be able to dip in and dip out. So when they need extra support from HR, they know that we're there. And if they need health and safety, yeah, that all changed at the very beginning of the pandemic. It was this mad rush to get everything, get compliant, make sure everything was in place. So I think it's nice for them to be able to come to us and dip in of those services or or have them all the time. Like you say, when you're a small to medium-sized business, you don't necessarily have that in-house all the time. So it's quite nice to actually be in partnership with someone who can be that for you so it very much came about from my need and what sitting there thinking you know I need advice from some experts here and I went and found that advice and then put that together as a package for our clients and I think that's an important lesson in how businesses and sectors grow actually which is whenever you talk about economic development plans I spent a few years working on economic development at the CBI and one of my stranger moves away from employment and jobs issues for a little while the big lesson is everyone would like to have an aerospace industry in their town or city in local economic development but you can't have it unless you've got an engineering base 
Yes. And you, that's how growth happens. Growth happens by busting out of established sectors into new and emerging sectors or growing sectors. And I think the story of what you've done in your business is interesting in that regard because it's it's taking you build that trust with the client up on the recruitment side. And then that trusting relationship can carry over into other aspects of people and health and safety support, which I think is an option for many firms in the industry. I think if if we keep focused on that professional standing. Yes, I, I agree. I think it's business critical at the moment. You know, we all need to, you know, any anyone who's running their own business at the moment or is managing people of any volume, really, we all need somewhere to go. We all need that advice, but we want to trust that advice and we want to feel secure and safe. And I think that right now at the moment that's that's really important to us and yeah that's where you you come in as well you know for us as recruitment we know we've got somewhere to go and get expert advice and it's lovely it's the right thing to have around you at the moment and and being feel like you've got you're not on your own you're not sitting there worrying and you've got to go to a somebody you don't know that's always always makes you nervous (laughs) You know, you're looking at reviews, you're looking at things, looking at everything to make the right decisions going forward. But I think, like I said earlier, it is a new world of work now and it's it's changed completely. And I think that if we take that approach, that mindset going forward, we can all get actually far stronger than we were 18 months ago. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. And you know, thank you for mentioning the role of the REC in that, because one of the things we did over the uh, course of the pandemic, you know, we talk a lot about making great work happen. And we're right back there now, because I do think it is about helping clients and candidates change Britain. And mm-hmm. we do well when when we do when we do that. But actually, the phrase that's most commonly bandied around in things that we're doing is we've got your back. And that was the attitude we took throughout the pandemic was we're just going to need to have the industry's back through this. And if we get it right, we'll come out to the kind of sunlit upland that hopefully we're beginning to see. Listen, yeah. Amanda, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you. No, thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. So one more thing before I go, we've just extended the entry deadline for the REC Awards this year. Uh, We've had so many uh, people uh, get in touch. They've uh, made some great progress with their their awards application, need just a few more touches on it. So the uh, awards application deadline has been extended to the 26th of July. So it can give you a couple more weeks to to get your entry uh, together and of course to join us on recruitment's biggest night in November when hopefully, fingers crossed, we can all actually have a physical event and celebrate everything that the industry has achieved to keep the country on the road over the last uh, 18 months and more. If you've enjoyed this wider discussion today, do check out our back catalogue of uh, podcasts. A a few recent ones that might be of interest, uh, Gary Wills uh, in episode nine on starting a recruitment business in uh, in the crisis. Steve Guest on episode eight on uh, recruitment and how we bounce back. And Joanne Lockwood on episode seven, really inspirational discussion about stepping up on inclusion and diversity. 
So do dig into those if you've enjoyed today's podcast. There's another episode coming uh, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, which I promise you really enjoy uh, looking at uh, technology and how the industry is changing with a fantastic guest, Phil Selleck. But for now, thank you for joining us and see you again soon on the next episode of uh, Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join me for another episode soon and check out our back catalogue at rec.uk.com to catch up on some other fantastic discussions that are really helpful for recruiters. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So subscribe to REC Podcasts to never miss an episode.